Join spiritual feminist and empowerment coach Joni Advent Maher for Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. Listen in for intimate conversations about money, transformation, and feminine sovereignty. And now, your host, Joni Advent Maher. Welcome to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow. I'm your host, Joni Advent Maher, empowered living coach and spiritual feminist. And I am delighted today to have a special guest for our one year anniversary, Christine Arilo. Welcome, Christine. Well, I, hello, everyone. And Joni, thank you so much for having me here. I was one year anniversary. This is a momentous circle. Mm. It's like, that's what I love about cycles. We're ending and we're starting. And I'm super excited to be here with you all today. I'm sitting in my backyard in Valley of the Moon. And I was just telling Joni that I have um, hummingbirds flying around right now. And um, the sun is, the sun is beginning to set. So I'm looking forward to being with you all. Thank you. Let me tell everyone a little bit more about you. So Christine is a transformational teacher extraordinaire. She's a woman's leadership advisor and mentor, an internationally recognized speaker and three-time best-selling author. After she earned her MBA and climbed the corporate ladder for a decade, she chose to devote her life to helping people transform and architect lives that were both successful and sustainable in which their hearts and their souls could thrive. She's known today as a kind of modern day mystic and her transformational programs, workshops, retreats, and talks are based on the feminine power and leadership, yogic techniques and earth-based wisdom and they have transformed the lives of 35,000 women on six continents. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an accomplishment. Lots of accomplishments. Well, it feels, um, you know, it's, it's always interesting having, listening to someone speaking about the, the words that I did write those words, but to, you know, to, to try and tell one story about um, the work I do and the presence I am and, and really how I live. And so as you're, you're saying that, Joni, and, and everyone, as I'm, I'm listening to that, I am both all of those things are true and it's also my practice and how I live. Mm. There is no, you know, there is no, I, I, I'm not done. I'm not complete. I'm not fully baked. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's this, uh, like, like hearing you talk and those are, those are some of the things that are my North stars for my own life mm. that help me stay true to who I am and stay true to the way I choose to live while I'm on this planet. Yes. And I, you know, as I'm sitting here with you, I'm thinking, um, one of the ideas that I'm working with these days is really that kind of coming into our fullness or our potency as women. And you are someone who I see as, as really transmitting and radiating your potency. And what I mean by that is that deeper spiritual essence, that soul being, um, and I think it is your practice. So I would love to hear about 
your journey with that? With ha, has mm-hmm. this always been the case for you? Well, if you're all willing to go in a little time trip back with me, <laughs> we'll get in the little time machine, go back here. I think it's, it's always a, one of the things that I think is great to ask people. I'll, I'll always say, like, what was your self-love catalyst moment or what was your spiritual catalyst moment um, that, that, that had that light bulb of illumination go off that made you realize that the way that you thought things were aren't really how things are at all. Mm. And it's it, – um, one of those things whenever I'm working with people at a workshop or at a retreat and they'll be like, well, I, gotta, I guess I got to go back to reality now. I'm like, whoa, 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 back up, back up. I'm like, there are many levels of reality, <laughs> you know, and it's just what we can see, right? What we can see that, that, that defines what we see reality as. Hmm. And one of the benefits of my spiritual journey has been the ability to see many different realities hmm. um, at one time, but mm-hmm. also to be able to look back at what one might call my past and say, and see the reality that was true then. And and so I'll tell you a little story kind of about how my, how I realized that there was more than just the reality that I was in and the reality I was at at the time, which was about the age of 29, 30. um, When I was deeply, I was like, hanging on to the reality I did not want to shift. (laughs) I will do whatever I have to. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I am like, I'm a good doer. I'm an amazing achiever. I like to get stuff done. If I have, you know, a vision for something, I will like, you know, drive to it. And this was way before I ever even knew the feminine was, you know, anything other than a gender. Um, And, and so my, my spiritual catalyst moment came um, on the heels of a broken engagement, which I was not the one doing the breaking of. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, um, it was a 15-year relationship through high school and, and college that I just, I, I tried to make work over and over and over again because I was desperately trying to avoid all the stuff that was going on on the inside mm. of me. And to this day, you know, I, have, I have not spoken to the person who I was formerly engaged with in many, many years, but I sent him little love grams all the time saying, thank you for pulling the Band-Aid off. Thank you for, for pulling the ripcord because what, what happened to me, and for any of you, if you've been through I mean, a, a breakup, and this is you know, the interesting thing about our, our spiritual journey, and we'll probably get into this more, I think, too later, is that there's just these different catalysts that show up in our lives. Sometimes it's relationship. It's either relationship, money, health, or home, yes. or work. Those are mm-hmm. kind of like the five. And if you can actually embrace the fact that when those things show up in your life, that they're really catalysts and opportunities for, for your, the elevation of your life, for the elevation of your soul, for the liberation, really. Yes. And so when I look back at that time, why well, I'm so grateful, although at the time I, it felt like someone had basically yanked my internal scaffolding mm. and it just had crumbled like, a, like toothpicks, you know, mm-hmm. just like I had built a, or cow, a house of cards that had just fallen and it did because that was my ego just you know just <laughs> crumbling into a million different pieces and i remember the first night that i spent on my own after you know cause the first couple of weeks of just being in shock and i was living with a, a friend and she wasn't home cuz well she was engaged um and i was living there by myself and i had that hole mm-hmm. in my heart that um i had always mistook for him missing, you know, whenever you go through a breakup and that heart feels so, so empty. And, um, then I was just laying there in bed and this little voice spoke to me 
And it was a little voice, you know, it's the voice of wisdom. It's the voice of the divine who had been trying to call me up on the phone for a long time, but I kept hanging up on her because I'm like, I don't want whatever you guys do, whatever you're selling. I don't want that. <laughs> but I was so broken open, you know, at this point, I had, my defenses were down. So I, li- I started listening and then the voice says to me, all it says, Christine, you know, yeah, you almost married this guy. It was, you know, whatever, da, da, da. But that, 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 that pain you're feeling in your heart that's not him missing. Hmm. That's you missing. Hmm. And I was like, what? Like I got my attention. I was like, what? You know, like when that voice speaks to you or you feel something, you just know. Hmm. And, and so it got my attention, kept talking and it said, yeah, you know, here's the thing. You have a lot of self-esteem, confidence. You go for what you want. You know, you're successful at work. You have you know, good friends. You have self-esteem, but you don't love yourself. Mm. And I was like, what? And I, but I knew, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but you're right. Okay. I'm listening. And, mm. and then the last, third thing they said was, um, and you know, regardless that you almost married the wrong guy, that would have been bad enough, but, but was even worse you all. And this is, this is just like, just, it was what really got me is that you almost gave up the life your heart and soul really desired. Mm. Wow. And you almost settled mm. because getting his love and keeping his love was more important mm. than loving yourself. And it was like in that moment, you all, I saw my whole life flash before me. Because if I had stayed, I was living in Chicago at the time, I was getting my MBA at Kellogg. And I could, and I, if I had, and he never wanted to leave the state of Illinois. I wanted to get as far away from Illinois and go live in, you know, live in, live in California on the coast, work in fashion. And I would not have made those choices because I would have stayed in that relationship. Mm. And I just saw my whole life, Joni, went like, like those, like, like, those, like and I saw me getting this job probably selling cheese or tartar sauce. And I kid you not, no, nothing wrong with the Midwest. I love the Midwest, but I either would have become a consultant who worked 80 hours a week and then, you know, gained 50 pounds, got divorced at the age of 50, or I would have sold tartar sauce, which I don't even know it's real tartar sauce at Kraft, because that's what, you, you know, Chicago MBAs do. And I would have given up my dream of working in fashion and living in California. And I wouldn't be talking with you all today and and so that night I made a promise to myself that I've kept ever since mm. that had become the foundational vow of self-love and has really been the foundation of my teachings, which is this, and if you have a pen, I invite you to write this down, is um, I will never settle mm. for less than my heart and soul desire. I will never mm. settle for less than my heart and soul desires. Which meant mm. from that point on, I had to figure out or be able to listen to what my heart and soul desired, because as it turned out, I didn't really know what my heart and soul desired. I only knew what my ego desired, not my heart and soul. Mm. Wow. That is, that is worth underscoring. <laughs> <laughs> I got calling a pink highlighter. Pink yeah. highlighter, that one. Yeah. Wow. That... Well, and if you just think about that promise, yes. everyone, just think about it for a moment because it's not like I made that promise, you know, however long ago that was. 
um, many, many years ago and then forgot about it and put it in a drawer somewhere. That promise and why it is the foundational vow of self-love, and since we are here also talking about the feminine, let me just say you cannot have feminine power without self-love, mm. period. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's what I've spent the last 10 years of my life dedicated to studying and understanding and making practical and why I founded the Path of Self-Love School and why I've spent so much life force focusing on self-love as well as on feminine leadership and if you got to think about that promise for a second for yourself, because it's, it's not something you just take a promise and then forget about it. It becomes this North Star for your life. So by that, what I mean is, you know, the feminine heart's very intelligent. Mm. And we always know when things aren't in alignment and when things aren't in harmony. Or we always know when we're being called to step out of our comfort zone and step, you know, out of conventional wisdom to follow our deeper guidance and it's scary. And of course, you know, there's the moments we want to pull the Linus blanket over our head and be like, I don't want to, I don't want to. But we all know, right? That's not no bueno. Then you get the Mack truck wake up call, you know, like I did. And so what I've done with that vow is I've kept it with me. And at the times in my life when I have felt um, depressed or I felt crabby or I felt out of sorts or I've felt like no matter how much I did there was never enough or there wasn't harmony and grace and that you know or I wasn't I wasn't feeling in alignment or happy I would stop and pause and really ask this question like where am I out of alignment where is my life mm-hmm. out of alignment with what my heart and soul desires mm-hmm. and and I have gotten the most profound inner wisdom wisdom from that and then that because of that commitment and because my practice is to communicate with my heart and soul so I don't just ask that question when I'm in times of stress or stretch or unhappiness or things feel out of alignment I ask it at the beginning every of every year I mean that's part of my visioning process what does my heart and soul desire and I have a a, a ritual process I do around that I where you know I'm doing I'm doing that right now I do it at Beltane every year I do it you know at at the beginnings of the moons like there's a way that I'm constantly at deeper levels of conversation with my heart and soul and then part of our job everyone part of your job for yourself and for your work and your family is to know yourself to know your heart yes. so well yes to know your soul so well that you know when you're out of alignment and you know you know and how to get back in and you're also constantly in, in in conversation with yourself around that because right now the way that the world is working it's so fast it's so rapid it's like if we were getting instructions from the divine she's handing them out you know kind of like at a daily and a weekly <laughs> basis so you want to be you know in constant contact with that 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 part of you it's it's really i don't even know how to live your greatest life and give your sacred work and navigate this world um without that communion between your heart and your soul and yourself right so that is it sounds like that is one of your key practices is that staying in tune getting in communion with your heart and your soul Yes, and, and, and really noticing what are your specific signs that you're out of alignment. So it's both exactly, yes. I love the words that you use, Joni. There's attunement, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, that's part of why I, about two, well, about five years ago, one of, like, so I'll give you an example. It was about 2012, and I was writing my um, second book, Madly in Love with Me, 
and I um, was actually I was staying here in Valley of the Moon where I live. I haven't living here yet, and I was working a lot because I'm you know this I love my work. My work is amazing, but I was working a lot. I would look back at myself. And I would say I was working too much. I was working a lot. I was writing a book. I was running three programs. I had two businesses, and mm. on paper, you know. I, there was a whole bunch of money being made on paper, but yet there never was enough money. Hmm. There's always stress around money. So even though my businesses combined were grossing well, you know, over $500,000, I was, you know, struggling to kind of pay my mortgage and my property taxes and like just make all of that work. You know, part of it, A, is living in California, but like B is just, I believe that, you know, I, there, I believe there's something out of alignment because if money mm-hmm. is energy, which I believe right. it is, mm-hmm. I believe that money is a catalyst. And this is my relationship to money is that when something's not working with my money, it makes me instead of like, not, and I'm not a hundred percent at this, you all, I am human. So I have my moments <laughs> and I've had my moments and I'm like, really spirit, can we have something other than money be, you know, the catalyst, but I'm like, but I don't want relationships. I've had that one before, and I, and I don't want health, so don't give me that one. And, you know, and I'm like, can we just have none of the catalysts? Because I really don't want any of them. So sometimes when money shows up, I'm like, okay, I could deal with this one. This is, like, a lot easier to deal with than relationship catalysts and health catalysts. So I'll, if I have to pick one, I will choose this one. Um, and so, so in 2012 or whenever that was when I was running Mail the with me, and it was like, no matter how much I did, no matter how much work I did, I couldn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't enough money. Mm-hmm. And so I had what I call the superwoman sob moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't know Jenny, if you've ever had one of these oh, or any I... of you've had one of these. <laughs> do you know, do you know like, that moment where you just, the pressure builds up so much that you just find yourself in tears? Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. <sighs> So that has a name. It's called the Superwoman Sob Moment. So good. I'm, I'm not the only one. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Everyone else nod your head, right? Uh, in fact, when I when I when I um we I think we must have started our podcast right at the same time when I started Feminine Power Time. My podcast that was one of the first podcasts I did because I was like, we have to talk about this Superwoman <laughs> Sob situation um, because it's like we're all having it, you know. And once I talk about it, women are like, oh my God, this happened to me and. <laughs> And so, you know, so here I was for me, I was, I was sitting, I was in wine country, beautiful, working out of my friend's home while she was traveling. And I, um, and I was sitting on this this chase lounge in in her backyard and the tears Mm. just started to flow. And that's when I knew I was out of alignment. You know, as my spiritual mentor who I've worked with now for over 10 years because she's the person who holds space for me because we mm-hmm. all need people yes. to hold space for me. One of the things she taught me is, you know, she said, Christine, anger, frustration, you know, just those tears, that's not, they're not bad. It's just, it's a sign mm-hmm. that you've stepped out of your heart temple. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really like that because I get angry and frustrated a lot. And underneath the anger and frustration is always the sadness. And some people's egos, it's easier for you to get sad and depressed or blame yourself. And then you get angry. You know, we all end up in, you know, we kind of have different portals, but those tears come because it's like a, like it's like a keg of beer who's been pressurized, pressurized, pressurized. And then you just tap it and the tears come. Yes. And so my practice when that happens is to get really quiet and to use my feminine superpower of intuition and say, Mm -hmm. okay, what's out of alignment? 
And because I talk to my inner wisdom and I open that channel every day in my practices in the morning, the channel's really open. And so the the voice, I'm auditory. Mm-hmm. So there's six different kinds of channels, main channels. Mine mainly is auditory. And so it just says your, um, the, your debt is crushing you. Mm. So I had a big ass California mortgage <laughs> and I had a big whopping property bill. And I also had consumer debt that, that we used to fund our business. Because here's the thing about becoming an entrepreneur that most people don't tell you. You have to fund your business. Mm. So either you fund it by money you've saved or by something you sell or you're independently wealthy or you get investors <laughs> or you, you know, put it on credit cards. Like that's, that's just, that's how, you know, that's how it goes. Yes. Um, and we had not refinanced it or anything, even though I had, you know, asked you no know, my partner like for a year to refinance it. He, he was having his own, his own resistance around it. And so I came home to Noah and I knew when it said that the debt was choking you, I knew that it was, that was right. Mm-hmm. And, and it partly it was also because here I was writing, I wasn't even at home writing. I was at someone else's house. I was always leaving my house because mm. I didn't really want to live in Oakland. Mm. Um, although it was a cute little house in the redwood trees, it was also near a freeway. So there was a lot of like energetic psychic energy flying mm. around. And so I was always leaving my house. And, and I have a home is also one of my main catalysts that shows up a lot. And so what was true is that the debt was really a, in the, in the, not in the inability to, to kind of make things work, even though there was all the numbers were there, was also partly tied to, I didn't feel at home mm. in my own home. I didn't really mm-hmm. want to be there. So I go home and I say to Noah, Noah, we got to sell the house. <laughs> we got to restructure <laughs> our debt. And, and he's like, uh, uh mm. <laughs> now mind you all we had thought about selling our house a couple of years before that but then the market crashed and so the market had crashed again i know this is like 2012 so we basically mm. all the real estate was underwater in california so what this meant was that i was going to have to short sell my house mm. now for any of you that don't know what that means i'm from the mid short sell means you have to stop sell, paying your mortgage until the bank will talk to you it's stupidest these systems are so crazy so that they'll talk to you and work out a deal with you to be able to versus just be able to say i'm going to sell the house right and can we work out a deal where it's no longer worth this it's worth this now since this is all funny money anyway what do you all you know what do you all say um so i'm from the midwest i have like an 800 credit score i've never paid a bill late in my entire life when i worked in corporate america i maxed out my 401ks like you know i was like I was in control. You did it all right. (laughs) I did it all right. I did it all right. Yeah. My heart and soul was telling me something, you know, different. And, um, and so the voice, so I was like, okay, so that's what I have to do. And I will be honest, like there was total, there was fear there. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm going to totally wreck my credit score. And, you know, like what will happen and how will I ever buy a car again? And how will I ever, you know, like, and people will, what do you mean? Like, that means I'm a failure, you know? Oh my God. You know, like all of that stuff coming up. And thankfully I have my practice, my yoga (laughs) practice and my spiritual practice and a lot of really good mentors around me. And I got really clear. The, the, The voice, my inner wisdom spoke to me. She said, look, what's more important to you, your happiness or your credit score? Hmm. And it was in that moment I knew that this was part of my catalyst mm-hmm. that was going to be able to serve other people. 
Mm. And it was also, I could use it to elevate my relationship with Noah and I could use it to free myself from my own fear of being hooked into the system. Mm. Cause I was hooked in, right. I was yes. hooked into the system of my, you know, like of success and of where my value comes from and, yes. and spirits like, really, is that, is that what you're going to value yourself on based on mm. what kind of house you own or what your credit score is? And I was mm. like, damn, this, like, I really had to pick self-love to, to teach me. <laughs> 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 Whoa. Um, but anyway, the story does go. We, so, so I got that. So that's the piece of part that I'd love to just offer to you all is to start to really see these things that are appearing as catalysts. Right. Mm. So once I got that it was a catalyst, I was no longer a victim to it. Yes. I was in relationship to it. Mm. And and so we moved through the process. We did put our house on the market and I used that as a catalyst to then live a dream, which is to live and work from anywhere in the world. So Noah and I turned in our car, put our stuff into storage, and we traveled for three years. We lived all over the world. Wow. I and it had been a dream. Wow. Did you not know that? I didn't know it was for three years. I I didn't realize it was that long. I, I met you, I think, when you were about to start that for year one. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it was. Well, we lit. We, we did. Yeah, we 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 were gone for three years or on the road and we lived eight months in um, L.A. So that was kind of our last ah, stint okay. before coming back when I was getting my yoga training. Hmm. Um, but it, but I used it as a catalyst to then go on the road and teach. And I got to speak at all these spiritual centers and teach and meet people. And, mm. and here's what was so crazy. You all, this is, and then, you know, we had to use, basically I use my, my rent, my, my mortgage money to pay for me to live all over the world. Wow. Great. I Airbnb all over the place. And so, <laughs> but what was amazing is that we would always come back to wine country to like winter or whatever. And there were several times where my rent was much more than my mortgage was. And I had no problem money-wise where there being enough money. Wow. Because I was in the right place mm -hmm. at the right time. Mm -hmm. We rented a beautiful villa, a four-bedroom villa in wine country where I did some retreats at. We rented um, a loft on the beach in Los Angeles that was at least one and a half times my mortgage. Um, and there was enough mm. because I was in alignment. Mm. Yes that it brings me back to a comment you made prior to the start of our interview here when you were talking about um, being having to operate in the linear or or kind of in the world but not really being this is my phrasing of the world so you know using a different means to move through life than the conventional reality or the conventional wisdom yep <laughs> you want me to talk about that <laughs> yes i'm inviting you to talk about that <laughs> oh yes we were just talking about that before and it's um even the one of one of the one of my and it's well, okay. Let's see if I unpack this. Probably the best way to go in is you know what? Um, I remember being in a Kundalini yoga. So I teach Kundalini yoga um, as part of um, as part of the embodiment of spirit. I went to LA and studied Kundalini yoga specifically because of the technology that allows us to just 
open up our internal channels and breakthrough blocks so quickly. And so I incorporated it into a lot of my work. And I was in one of the trainings and one of the men that was doing the training, he said, he said, you know, you don't want to be normal. He's like, normal in this world is unhealthy. <laughs> and I was like, that's right. Yogic wisdom. Absolutely. You know, it's like, it, and, 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 and you know, the first piece, that's the way he said it, but you know, I think it's Jesus is ascribed to saying, be in the world, but not of the world, mm-hmm. be in the world, but not of the world. And, you know, if you just got to look around, look at around, and I like to call it the mainstream. So main dash stream world, the, the flow of the mainstream is choppy, is swirly, is rapid, is full of all kinds of beer cans and old food cans <laughs> and toxins. And, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it's like a, it's like a bad frat party. I mean, that's what <laughs> the mainstream, you know, is, 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 is like these days. And so, you know, we can't, we're not here to be aesthetic priests or priestesses living in a mountain cabin somewhere where we never interact with humanity. That's not why we're here. I mean, there are people that are obviously here for that, but the majority of us aren't, not this lifetime anyway. We really are here to be bridges between the Mm -hmm. mystical and the mundane, Mm -hmm. between the spiritual and the material. And we're also here to have our own, our own elevation. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things I see over and over and over again that sometimes I just want to stand on a, on a roof and, and, and scream this. So I won't scream this to all of you, but I'll share it with you. And hopefully you can take this into your lives. Is that there's so much attention, even in the spiritual world or the activism world or the feminist world around the, around going out there and fighting, mm. you know, fighting the man, fighting the establishment, making change out in the outside. Mm. And while that's, an important part of the of the um of the equation it's not really where the most powerful work gets done mm-hmm. there's a lot of noise i mean facebook and twitter survive based on this <laughs> um there's also a lot of distraction and there's a lot of ways you can waste your energy running around in that crazy frat party even trying to do good mm-hmm. even trying to do good yes and so the, the more potent work and the more potent way to approach that so that you can integrate with and um, interact with the mainstream world in a way in which you're here to do your part to elevate consciousness, to return wisdom and love to these power-based systems that have caused the distortion and the um, and the destruction of many is to start on the inside, mm-hmm. and and I mean that very um, specifically, not um, theoretically or pedantically or flippantly. And so I'll just break that down t- into two ways for you to begin to think about it. One is the alchemy that happens in your own consciousness. Mm. And 
by that, what I mean is you can look, turn on the television. I was just at the grocery store with Noah getting our lunch, and there was a Mad Magazine, you know, on the thing with Donald Trump and Alfred E. Newman. And then there was, you know, over here was Brad Pitt, who apparently on Star Magazine isn't eating. And, you know, there's always like, you know, I don't know. There's all kinds of craziness going on. You can see, you know, things that make you angry. You can want to blame. You could want to make people wrong. You know, it's like so easy to see the injustice mm-hmm. and the ludicrousy and the fighting and all of it on the outside. The spiritual teachers have taught this forever, and we're just, we haven't gotten it yet, um, is that, that, that the pot, we, we can't control that. We have no control over that. We can spend a lot of energy and life force trying to change that, but the more potent work starts if we turn on the inside, and if you're seeing something on the outside that doesn't work for you in your relationships, with your parents, with your family, with your kids, with your beloved, with yourself, with your situation, with your money, with your home, is to stop and pause and look on the inside and say, what's here going back to the heart and soul that I have the power to alchemize, Hmm. that I have the power to, and when I say alchemy, alchemy means to, to elevate the frequency of something is one definition, means many things, but to elevate the frequency of something. So in our modern lives, we're not walking around turning lead into gold per se, but we are, what, what, the way we can alchemize our own heart and use alchemy our, in our own heart is to transform those shadows of fear and shame and anger and blame that have eroded and eaten at the human spirit and I would argue is if, if we have any leaders in anywhere in the world, this is, this is not just about America, but they're all over the world, <laughs> that are in places of power where they abuse their power, mm. it starts from those shadows of blame and shame and anger and fear and not feeling loved. Yes. Right? And I always feel like, oh, man, like, I don't know if I have what I'm supposed to talk about to the divine. It's like, always go back in. Always go back in. I'm like, no, I want to hear about raising the, you know, the go out and march and go out and fight. And, you know, and I, I love the marches. I love the, you know, speak your truth. And if you don't do this piece, nothing is going to really, the, the change won't stick. It hasn't stuck for thousands of years because we're not doing this part to the level that we need to do it. And it's not the sexiest and it's not the most glamorous and it's not going to get you on CNN, but it will, in my experience, it's the deepest work I do. It's why I train people to teach self-love. It's why I live this way because I know from my own experience that it is the inside and I can do something about that. In a way, I can't do it on the outside. I'll give you one little, one little instance. Every year, at the beginning of the year in January, I teach something called Feminine Superpower Year, which is a, which is a group of women around the world who, who band together to say, okay, we're going we're gonna to live, lead, and succeed differently. And so we, using the feminine and the moon cycles and all of this stuff, we, 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 we vision our lives and we change our lives and we shift our lives and all these, and we show up differently. And so in February every year, we focus on the feminine superpower of compassion. And as part of compassion, we choose one toxic habit, one toxic energy that we carry in our own hearts, that we use in our relationships, that doesn't create love. 
but instead creates those other things. And we choose to transform it over the course of the year. Mm. So it was last year or the year before, I think two years ago, I chose to, to alchemize blame. My ego used to love to blame. Um, this year, we're, working, we're, we're releasing lashing out. <laughs> she, she's really angry, and she wants to find someone's head to cut off. Usually my partner, who is the, like, the sweetest, most nurturing man in the world. Um, so, la- so two years ago, it, what's that? Yeah, off exactly. Yes. So two years ago, it was blame, and I was going through a, a business partnership divorce, mm-hmm. and in which we loved to blame each other. And so it was the perfect ground for me. <laughs> to transmute the blame, you know, and, and I was aware of it. So this is that piece again, going back to the catalyst of understand why things are showing up in your life. And I was like, all right, I'm going to use this business divorce as a way to catalyze this blame. And I'm going to focus on it. And I'm going to get my practice. And I did you know, many different things to, to do that. And it really worked. Mm. You know, it's, 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 I mean, I'm not saying I don't have any in there, but it's like if I was a love cocktail, I just got, I just like amped up 10% more love, you know, know, it's like, and so, and so like, that's a, I'm very much about making the mystical and esoteric practical so that you can actually work with it. But you have, but we have to know that we are, this, this is how we're alchemists in our own, you know, in our own, in our own lives. Yes. I, I love that. And I, I will say that there is a, a lot of strength of uh, spirit and character just to be diligent and take that on. Um, mm-hmm. And it requires humility and vulnerability and things that most people aren't flocking to. <laughs> so. Right, right, Joni. So I know. I, I always say, I'm like, that. I'm like, I'm like, God, you know, why couldn't I just like go teach people how to lose ten pounds, <laughs> make seven figures, find the call in the one? I'm like, people throw money at those people, you know, and you know, it's like just, and, and I'm over here, I'm like, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself, <laughs> divine feminine, live the feminine wisdom, and it's, you know, my, I've had my own ego challenges with that, and I remember sitting with my spiritual mental Ariel. This was years ago, right before my second book came out. And I went to sit with her and I was just, and I said, I want to release this book from a place of grace and love without ego. I want, I had my first book got released with ego. I did not want that, that experience ended in a superwoman sob. I did not want that experience again. (laughs) So I proactively went to seek out, you know, spiritual guidance. And she looked at me and this is, you know, for any of you who have spiritual mentors, you'll know this. And this is, people say this about me. They're like, Christine's like, you can see into my soul. I'm like, what? I don't know. I'm just asking a question. But Ariel, my spiritual mentor, has this effect on me. So I, I go to her, I ask her this question, help me get to truth, right? This is what we, this is why we have mentors. This is why we sit in circle with other women to help us, help us make sure we're in alignment. Because yes. it's easy in the mainstream to get distorted. And so I ask her the question, I tell her, you know, I really want to release this book from a place of total alignment, total service to the divine. And within three seconds, she's like, well, I only have one question for you. And she mm. calls me Arilo, Arilo. <laughs> and uh, I say, well, what's that? She's like, do you need to be famous? Mm. 
And I'm like, well, let me close my eyes and check in on that. Um, so I close my eyes, you know, to dial in the wisdom. And I get an answer, like, within three seconds. But I don't let the answer. So wait, wait, wait. Give me a couple more minutes. Let me just, let me just, let me just feel in here. Let me just feel in, you know. And I'm just like, oh, man. And, I, and I'm like, the answer, yes, yes, I still need to be famous. I need to be seen. I need to be recognized. And she just looked at me, and I'm like, all right, I know what to do now. And I <laughs> and, um, and but it was like that ability to see that pattern in me because mm-hmm. this is what we this is what we don't see, and this is we we can't, it's hard. How do you see that inside of yourself, right? You can, and this is yes. the piece, the other the piece, and why I'm so. Um, I'm so, so committed to helping women get onto a rhythm that is not the mainstream Mm. and to get into this more natural rhythm. This is why, this is why I teach manifesting and I teach the feminine superpower year and we live by the moon cycles. And like I'm, we, we, we pause at the equinox. Why every year I do a mid-year solstice, you know, pausing like there's these four key points, the winter solstice, summer solstice, equinoxes, those you have to pause and reflect and see where you are and be able to really feel into your heart and soul before you make choices about where you're going to put your life force and your resources at. Or if you're going into a major you know, time like I was going into releasing this book, get in alignment before you go out there <laughs> because it's so easy, right, to get distorted by looking, you know, and this is, you know, what we just, you know, the media, Facebook, we see, I should be doing that. That's, you know, it's like we're so pulled off of our center. And then we get overwhelmed. We get stretched. This is part of the reason you're overwhelmed and you feel stretched because you get confused about what your part is to do. Yes. And really to stay aligned with that. And the only way I know how to do that is to actually live in connection to the natural rhythms of the way the earth works. And the way that the earth works is the way the cosmos works is the way our human bodies are meant to work. And this is from a feminine wisdom and this is Celtic wisdom. This is indigenous wisdom. I mean, this is, this is, this is the way it works on the planet. And we've chopped up the calendar into 365 days, 12 months a year when there's 13 cycles in the year. So we literally cut a month a cycle out. Is it, we have like, we have less cycles, but there's all these reasons why the, 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 the time system we work on doesn't support us to know what's in alignment and what's out of alignment. Mm. And we don't have these structures of sisterhood and spiritual mentorship and whatever to be able to sit and like, let me really tune in. Because we, at one level, and this is going to be hard for all of us to admit, but I think it's important for us to admit, at a cultural level, we've been taught not to value the feminine. Yes. And the feminine is slowing down. The feminine is pausing. The feminine is intuition. Feminine in an elemental perspective is water. Mm. Everyone take a breath. Yes. So this is the piece with the feminine. This is the second piece of the first piece I was telling you is if we don't value her, we don't value it in how we live. It cannot sustain its rising. It won't. So you can look back over history, many movements of feminist energy consciousness rising and it puddles, it piddles out. And it, why doesn't it, what is it that doesn't maintain it? Because we're not 
honoring it inside of ourselves. Right. We will never have gender equity until we have inner gender, inner gender equality. Yes. We'll never have outside gender equality if we do not honor both the masculine and feminine within ourselves. I am right there with you. That is <laughs> that is what I want to shout from the rooftops. <laughs> so thank well, you. Well, Go right ahead. We all and then, 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 yeah. I mean, absolutely. And that's that that that. And so, I share that you all just to wake us up. You know, like yes. we, we don't get to skip the inner pieces and 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 just as simple as living with the moon cycles and the equinoxes. And I've been growing my work and my living my business my life this way and and, and really redesigning my life for now almost ten years. And I just. No, without a doubt, it is what has, it, it, it's, it's why the things have grown the way that they have. And it's, mm. and it's why I'm happier and more peaceful Yes. on the inside. And, you know, everything isn't perfect. Are there still things I want? Yes, of course, there's still things I desire. But I have a, a for a person who is a card-carrying member in the Impatience Club, <laughs> I have really, <laughs> I've really learned, and it's a practice, like going back to where we started. I live this way. I'm never, I'll never be done. There's um, Yogi Bhajan, who's the man who brought Kundalini Yoga to the West. He was a master of Kundalini Yoga at the age of 16. He <laughs> came here when he was in his 40s and in the late 60s and taught people all over the world. And when he was in his 70s, one student said, well, Yogi, you, why, do you, why do you still practice? He's like, you've been a master for over 50 years. And Yogi B looked at him and said, to remain a master. Mm. That's why I practice. Yes. So this is why I practice self-love. This is why I practice living in tune with the rhythms of the earth so I can really live the feminine. Mm. Yes. So that, that feels like a, a a journey through the facets of answering the question that we started with at the very, very beginning, like this, yes, all of this is the answer to that question. And I, I love and appreciate your, your sharing, you know, in mm. the depth and the generosity that you have. And I, I want to shift and ask, as I do all my guests, the idea of the sacred feminine and that sense of flow that can come. Do you have a story of trusting your sacred feminine flow you would like to share with us? Hmm. <sighs> well, I think going, um, I think going back to the, the story that I shared about um, not being, you know, with my book and, you know, mm -hmm. selling the house and going, on the road and, you know, being, living as a spiritual gypsy was a fascinating <laughs> experience of trust and surrender. Mm. And when I, when you, when you say sacred feminine flow, the, like at the root of the root, th those are the two, those are two of the feminine superpowers that mm -hmm. are there, mm -hmm. trust and surrender. And so living as a spiritual gypsy where I didn't know where I was going to live, you know, I didn't have some master plan. I didn't have a gazillion dollars. I didn't <laughs> have a seven point itinerary, you know, I, I really had to, to trust and feel into the timing and the spaciousness and allow things to unfold in front of me mm -hmm. and be so attuned to my 
my intuition and my wisdom channels to know when to act and to know when to not act and to know when to listen. I mean, the feminine yes. isn't just sitting around under a Bodhi tree, you know, listening. I mean, you got to know when to act. You, you, there is both, there's both, there's both, you know, being, being and doing. And, and so that process for three years um, of, of making those housing choices, I mean, I can remember when we were considering where to live, this is a, we, were, we were considering where to live after um, being on the road for two years and, and, we were thinking about going to, to L.A., and Noah and I met there um, in May, actually right around this time, about three years ago. And we got there, and he was doing a training there, and he was thinking about going to grad school there. And I was um, I was kind of freaking out because I home is one of my catalysts. And so I was like, where am I going to live? Where am I going to live? You know, and <laughs> I was having a little bit of a freak-out moment. And so sometimes when I do that, I, like, start working, you know, which is the last thing I should do. And so Noah's like, Christine, just get in the car and go drive and go towards the ocean. I'm like, okay, we're staying in, in um, we were staying in, in uh, where were we at? We were somewhere like near Culver City. And so I got in the car and I just let the car guide me. And I ended up um, in Santa Monica, kind of near Venice at this like, I don't know, this, this, this like fish place that sold fish um, to eat at. <laughs> um, and I go there and I eat and I'm just being open. I'm like, okay, just show me where I'm supposed to go. And so I get out, I finish and I start walking around and I end up walking down the street that goes towards the ocean. Mm. And I just think to myself, oh, I could really live here. Mm. I could live here. I could live here. Well, fast forward five months, we decide to move, four months, we decide to move to Los Angeles. We don't know where we're going to live. We have no house there. My friend Christine is going on book tour. So we, we sublet her place while she's on book tour. And... We, the place that we ended up finding and living at was one block away from the street that I had walked down on that day. Wow. So if I hadn't gotten away from the computer, mm-hmm. <laughs> where there were no answers inside of, <laughs> and trusted myself to just drive and then went to the fish place and then just listened to my intuition and just walked, you know, and then that whole process. And then to realize that when we found the place, I'm like, this is one block. Mm. from where where I was in May. Yes, that's crazy and not crazy. Like, of course. <laughs> of course. And then I would be, you know, here with you all, like, you know, whenever you're listening to this, but I was like, this is, this is like, literally, it's like the same exact time that that mm. was happening. Mm. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. All right. So we, we have one more question and then we need to wrap it up. Um, this is one of my favorites. But from where you stand today and all this wisdom that you carry, what would you tell your younger self? Chill out. (laughs) (laughs) I would tell my younger self to chill out. Um, Yeah, I would tell her to... I tell her to chill out. She um, remember when I was twenty, my first job out of college. I worked for the Weather Channel oh. in their sales department in Chicago, and I was a sales assistant. And um, one of the guys that worked there, this is he, he, <laughs> within a month, and he's like, "Has anyone ever told you that you're kind of impatient?" <laughs> and, and I had like at this point in my life, I was twenty. I I, I just thought I was like I was again my reality. I just thought everybody was this way, and um, and I can remember being a sales assistant 
and, you know, being there for four months and wondering why I was not already, you know, had, and I already have my boss's job. <laughs> so I've always kind of been ahead of myself. You know, it's, it's something I'm very aware of now. And it's slightly, it's sometimes as a visionary, there's, there's the benefits to that. Yes. But I can put a lot of pressure on myself to mm. think about the poor college professor who gave me an A minus and who I like harassed <laughs> until he gave me an A. Um, and so I, you know, I think that, 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 um, I don't know if it's chill out. I would have listened to chill out, <laughs> but I, um, I, I, um, yeah, I think that, and, um, and I think that I, um, I think I really would have really loved for someone to talk to me about self-love mm. and really what that is and, and, and talk to me about my heart Yes. Um, it's one of the reasons why I founded the Path of Self-Love School, which we teach teachers all over the world, and we do programs mm-hmm. with kids and with, with adults. Um, but we're, we're teaching moms, for example, how to teach their kids about their hearts, not mm-hmm. at a physical level, but at an emotional and spiritual level, so that when they get what I call a love crack, so say the kid goes to school and he gets bullied, or you know, we all you know have our stories. We can't, we can't keep, we can't protect our kids to not have the love crack happen, but we can make it so that it doesn't become the Grand Canyon. Yes. We can teach our kids, right, how to fill in those cracks. It goes back to alchemy, how to fill in those cracks with love. And as we're teaching this to mothers, and they're teaching it to their kids, it's working. Mm. And, and, and we're also teaching adults how to trust themselves. So all of the stuff with feminine wisdom, how to really tune into your wisdom, how to know the difference between the voice of fear, which I like to call your inner mean girl, or the <laughs> voice of your wisdom. But imagine as a 14-year-old or a 12-year-old, no one taught me about those two different voices yes. or those to- two different forces, right? And so the, the force inside of me, my wisdom said to me six months into dating my ex-person, this is not the guy for you, mm. Wow. right? But um, my, my father had died six months before that. And, mm. you know, I mm. was afraid of, yes. you know, I was afraid as I had a big old blood cry called the fear of abandonment. But I, had I known that that voice existed, that w- what that was, and I, God, I had a lot of self-esteem, but there was a part of me that didn't trust myself. Mm. And I also had these love wounds, these love cracks inside. And so, you know, being able to teach girls and boys how to trust that and how to dis- discern between those voices. But we can't teach them if we can't live that. And so I think for me, having someone to be able to teach me how to fill my love cracks and to really work with my heart on all of those levels and then how to discern between those different those different forces within so that I really could make the choices that were best for me. And ultimately I got there anyway, but it would have been a lot nicer for it to be six months instead of 14, you know, 15 years. Um, and, and so that would be my answer to that. Mm. Beautiful. Hmm. Well, as we bring this to a close, I do want to, Uh, go back and underscore that you do have a fantastic podcast of your own called Feminine Power Time. And our listeners can find you there on, I'm assuming, iTunes. And I know on Stitcher, because that's where I listen to it. Mm -hmm. iTunes, Stitcher, and you can also go to um, Feminine Power 
podcast.com and you'll um you'll find it there too wonderful my website and, and you have a blog on huffington post i didn't know that i do in huffington post and thrive which is ariana um, huffington's oh, uh -huh. new newest adventure so i blog for both of them and so they just find that through huffington post Huffington Post or Thrive. Uh -huh. Yes, you can go to the Thrive sites. Um, but and a lot of those come through my um, are, are excerpts from Feminine Power Time, the, um, the podcast too. So it's the best way to, to check that out. Yes, and your whole range of things can be found on your site, which is your name, ChristinaArilo.com. Yes? Yes, A-R-Y-L-O. Um, that's how you spell it, A-R-Y-L-O. And you can also, if you're interested in um, specifically in self-love, we have a separate website for our school, which is pathsofselflove.org. Wonderful. Well, Christine, I, I really can't think of a better anniversary gift for myself <laughs> than having, having this conversation with you and having you come on the show. So thank you. Mm. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And just to all of you that are out here listening, yes. thank you for, for tuning in and for being part of this conversation and um, just um, yeah, just feel so blessed. And the hummingbirds are still flying around. The sun is shining. <laughs> and these reflectors are like shining lights all over. So I think we made some match today. Job well done, everyone. Yes, Job high, well done. High five to that. And I, too, <laughs> say thank you, my dear listeners, for being here. And I want to remind you that until next time, always trust what your heart knows. Thanks for listening to Trust Your Sacred Feminine Flow with Joni Advent Maher. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share our podcast with a friend and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at iTunes.